Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Exciting game last night, game one of the finals, which saw the Golden State take a 1-0 lead in the series with the final score being 124-114. to 114. LeBron James finished with a playoff career high of 51 points. He shot 19 of 32 from the field, which is just insane, so close to 59% from the field. He also had eight assists, eight rebounds. Steph Curry finished with 23 points, nine assists, eight rebounds. And Draymond Green again stuffed the stat sheet as only Draymond Green can, as he was one assist shy from a triple-double. So we're just going to get right into it. And if you're a Cleveland fan, if you're the Cavaliers, the team, you got to be waking up this morning kicking yourself. It was a blown opportunity. It was a great opportunity to steal this first game. They should have won this game. They had a brilliant game plan coming out from the beginning. They went back to their old, I want to say it was, yeah, 2000 and. Uh, 15 way of playing when they were down without Kyrie Irving. They slowed it down, just relied on great defense and great LeBron greatness and LeBron bully ball. And they came out and played it to, to a T as LeBron. I mean, he came out at the beginning just simply on fire. He made his first eight shots and was eight for nine for a while there in the first quarter. You know, he had already had 36 points by the end of the third. And, you know, one thing that was very – you know, evident to me, and which I was just really enjoy watching, man. And, you know, there's been a lot of debate recently on the social media outlets about LeBron's greatness. You know, is he the GOAT? How does he compare to Jordan? And, you know, it was just somebody that's a basketball fan, somebody who played the game. You know, I just had an appreciation watching him play last night. You could just tell he has a certain peace about himself, a certain calm. The game has slowed down to, I mean, to a crawl for him. It's to the point now, it's almost like he's perfected the game while he's playing. You can just see the the chess pieces. You can see what he wants to do as he moves them around the board. You know, there's no, no hesitation. There's no tension out there. He just looks so smooth and so fluid. And, you know, it's a scary sight, man, when you see guys really start to play the game like that, man. And he'll even tell you probably himself how much the – the game has really slowed down and how he's just really able to just think the game. And then when you're athletically gifted, you're athletically inclined, you're still in great shape, your skill level is still there, then you'll get a 51-point performance like we saw last night. You know, they slowed the pace down, like I said. They, they ran when they had opportunities to. And, you know, it, it was really working out for them as, you know, Colton State had only scored – a little bit over 88 points through the start of the fourth quarter. So, you know, you were right where you wanted to be. And, you know, let's just get right into it, man. Um, a lot of comments about the refereeing last night. 
And there was a big call at one point, and I'm going to do this before I even get to the block charge call, but the play where LeBron uh, clearly, clearly strips Kevin Durant, but they call a foul on it. KD splits the free throw, but even more importantly, uh, Looney was able to get the offensive rebound and tip it back in, and that was made it a three-point game. And then LeBron, I mean, the very next possession goes down and tries to get to the basket. And when he spins back, Looney obviously rakes him across the arm and fouls him. They don't call a foul on that. But they were able to dodge the initial bullet because in Steph Curry fashion, he goes right down and turns the ball over. But Cleveland wasn't able to get anything out of the next couple possessions. You get a huge wide open three uh, from Draymond Green, who I want to say up to that point, he missed his previous because he finished two for five. It seemed like he took more than that. But I want to say up to that point, he was at least he was 0 for 3 from 3. But he made that one, which gave them uh, a six-point lead. And then um, Steph hits a, a back a, – not a six-point lead. I'm sorry. Gave them um, a three-point three lead. And Steph comes back and hits another three on back-to-back threes, which gave them a six-point lead with a little bit over 40 minutes to go. And at the time, it was a huge call because Cleveland, you could tell they were really starting to surge a little bit from the standpoint of momentum. And you could tell Golden State was starting to press, especially Kevin Durant, who had an abominable game. He was terrible again last night. And we're going to get to KD in a minute. But just to finish the point on that, you know, they were up 92-91. So when you call a foul like that, you know, it does affect momentum. It does affect the game. But even with that being said, you know, Cleveland still had their chances to win down the stretch. Now, the the huge controversial call was the block charge call. And for that, those of you guys that didn't know that, that's not a rule that came up this year for the NBA Finals. That rule was set in place about a couple years ago, and I got that information from um, Brian Winhurst on Twitter, where in the last two minutes they can review block charge calls. And to me – it's going to sound like I'm a Golden State fan. I'm really not. I'm not a fan of any team. You know, I just am a fan and root for greatness and just great basketball. But I thought it was a block, too, because it felt like LeBron was still sliding to his left and that right foot wasn't quite set. And I saw this in slow motion. And it was interesting because the referee, I want to say it was Brothers at the top of the key, he was getting ready to call the block, but the baseline ref had a charge. So because the baseline ref is the ref for the position for that call, initially it went with the charge. But it was a bang-bang play. You know, people who want to see the Warriors lose or whatever or thought it was a a, a charge, it was a bang-bang play. It wasn't a flat-out obvious call. could have went either way. Me personally, when they showed the replay again, I thought it was a block. I didn't think LeBron was quite set. He was still sliding to his left. But needless to say, you know, even with all of that, you know, and I said this on Facebook, you still had two bites at the apple, so to speak, to win the game. And, of course, they come back down, and LeBron's able uh, to get right to the basket two times in a row um, on Steph Curry. You know, it was obvious, too, through the whole game that the strategy was to attack the weak defender. But, I, again, I'll get to that in a second, but just kind of wanted to go over this ending real quick. And... You know, they were scrambling, trying to double the ball, because at this point, they were tired, go to state of LeBron, being able to get that switch and get Steph Curry on them. Some Dre Mon is doubling the, the ball. And the scary thing sometimes about doubling, if it I don't care what level you're playing at, if it wasn't really talked about in the huddle, 
All it takes for one person to either fall asleep or miss a rotation. And that's exactly what happened backside. Klay Thompson fell asleep, ended up kind of putting his hand on George Hill. George Hill, George Hill gets props for selling it as he kind of fell down to draw the foul, which was a foul. So with that being said, yeah, you had a, the bad call, but now you're at the free throw line. You're right where you want to be. He makes the first one and ties it up, misses the second one. And you're like, wow, okay, at least we're going into overtime. But then the fortunes were still on the side of the Cleveland Cavaliers because J.R. Smith was able to grab the rebound. And then for some odd reason, I'm watching. I didn't know what he was doing. I thought they was going to call a timeout right away. And I didn't go back and check. I forgot to to see they even had a timeout. But I thought he had a wide-open 15-foot, or if not, kick it out to LeBron for the wide-open three. He's dribbling around. And then when LeBron yells at him, he throws it back. And then he was seen saying, uh, LeBron was like, basically like, bro, like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? And the J.R. is going to say, I thought we won. Now, I don't care what he say in the postgame talking about, you know, he was trying to call a timeout. Nah, bro, you thought y'all won the game, which is a, a huge, huge mental mistake in the, at the wrong time in the biggest game. You know, and I'm not, I try not to be one of those people that live in the moment, but I can't think of a bigger mental mistake on a straight on a stage like that. How could he not know the score? How is he not aware of the timeout situation? And again, somebody's going to point to the coach, and maybe the t- coach should have let them know that they had a timeout and made sure it's clear. I know when I played, we knew whether we didn't have any timeouts or we had one left. You know, it was a very important point of emphasis, but. It was clearly that J.R. Smith's mind, I don't know what he was thinking about. I don't know where he was. But, again, that's been the thing about him throughout his whole career is about discipline and about focus. And it was obvious that he was not focused. I don't know where his mind was. And they they cough up a shot that wasn't even close. And then they go into overtime. They come out. Golden State puts their foot on their throat. Uh, They get a basket. They get a wide open uh, three in the corner make another couple plays, and then there you go. It's a 10-point game. Now, there's some controversy on whether Sean Livingston should have dribbled the clock out and all that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, sometimes you see that, sometimes you don't. I don't think he was trying to chase stats. He's not that kind of person. But neither way, Tristan Thompson, you're a clown. You know, I don't know where you think you are with this, this tough guy role when it's obvious on the court that you like, look like a big goofy I don't know why you think you're some kind of tough guy or whatever, but that was Dirty throwing the elbow. And while we're talking about dirty plays, that play that J.R. Smith did earlier on Klay Thompson, that was a dirty play as well. Uh, I wish somebody would just from Golden State come in and just knock him out the air one good time. But that was a dirty play. And then to make matters worse, if you're Thompson, you allow Draymond Green to taunt you, then you throw the ball at his face, and then you're out the game. So it wouldn't surprise me how petty the NBA is that Draymond might get a technical for that. So if he gets a technical, that's up to five. And now he's teetering on where he was the last year, uh, the last time when Cleveland won the title in 2006 when he had racked up all those technicals and got suspended. You, you get you get your seventh one, you're done for a game. So, you know, with somebody who plays with such emotion and it's always seems to be on the edge and close to losing it, I mean, if you're Draymond, you got to be mindful of that. I know he got caught up in the moment, you know, before that, you know, he was making fun of Kendrick Perkins, calling him a cheerleader when he was dancing around the free throw line. But if you're Draymond, you're the one player that Golden State can't lose. So you got to stay smart. You can't be out here getting extra technicals because it's going to be interesting to see how the NBA rules on that. I'm pretty sure we'll get an announcement 
um, later today on, on all that. But, you know, back to the game, though, and, and, the, and the strategy that, like I said, Cleveland wants to slow it down. And early on, it was obvious that they either wanted to get the mismatch on LeBron or whoever the, the big guy was on the court, except for Draymond Green. So, meaning if Looney was on the court, they was trying to get that switch. If uh, Bale was on the court, they was trying to get that switch. And, of course, they was trying to get that switch on Steph Curry. And LeBron and those guys was very successful at that. LeBron was reading the pick and roll beautifully, sometimes rejecting the pick and going to the basket strong. He came out really aggressive. I didn't feel like he exerted a lot of energy yesterday to even get the 51, which is good because it was times, especially in the Boston series, when he's coming out and he's really, really aggressive, and you could tell that he's exerting a lot of energy to get his points. I didn't really feel like that. Again, like he had a nice flow. He had worked up a nice ladder, a nice rhythm. So I think that bodes well for them going, um, going into game two. Um, offensively, I'm looking at their stats now. You had a solid game from Love. He got you, 20, you know, 21 points. He had 13 rebounds. So I don't even think Love had a bad game. The only thing I didn't like about Love is I don't know who cut his hair. That fade was terrible. <laughs> I mean, that fade was, I mean, terrible. I don't know if he cut it himself in the hotel or what, but he he need to get that fixed um, going into next game. But, no, on a serious note, I mean, you got absolutely nothing from nobody else. You got to combine, let's say, 19, 21, 25, 32, 30. You got a combined 35 points from J.R. Smith, George Hill, Tristan Thompson, Jordan Clarkson, Jeff Green, and Kyle Korver. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. Now you're encouraged, though, if you're Cleveland because you got some great minutes out of Larry Nance Jr. And it, it shows that he's going to have to play in this series as he had nine points and 11 rebounds, four of them offense. So you need him for his energy out there and his rebounding, and his defense was solid. Um, Clarkson had the right idea, had the right energy, but he couldn't knock down any open shots. But I think he has to play this game. To me, Corver has to give you at least three threes if you have a shot at winning this series. He, he uh, For him to go, what was he, one for three, again, that's not even enough attempts. To me, he needs to get up at least six threes. He needs to shoot a good 50%. Um, Jeff Green went back to Jeff Green, so that's not surprising. But he can't take six threes and Kyle Corver take three. To me, that needs to be flip-flop. And George Hill, um, you have to play better with your, with your fouls, bro. Um he was in foul trouble literally the whole game, so he could not get a rhythm. And some of his fouls were just bad plays. He was reaching. He was out of position. And you're going to need George Hill, to me, to be that third option after Kevin Love. And then everybody else get in where they fit in after that. Um, do we see Rodney Hood? I mean, I know that was the talk this series, but you kind of need another wing out there and Sometimes, who knows, you throw somebody out there, you never know what you're going to get. To me, if I'm Ty Lue, I'm throwing everything out there, including the kitchen sink, to see what's going to work. But if you, I'm looking at this stat line, I mean, it had to be because they lost. That's why sometimes I don't even lean on plus minus. But LeBron was minus 13. Kevin Love was minus 13. Now, J.R. Smith and George Hill, I see it. Yeah, J.R. was a minus 22 last night. Now, I can't understand how, how bad and poor that play was with time management and not recognizing where you were in the game, how bad that really was. Um, yeah, Hill was a negative 11 as well. Interesting, Kyle Corver was 12, Lance was plus three. But, you know, um, Golden State, 
I don't even really feel like they played around with them last night. I just think sometimes it comes down to, and I even said this, I'll say this now because I didn't really do too many podcasts during that series, but I don't feel like Golden State, yeah, they messed around a little bit, but I feel like the Rockets play that well. Sometimes you got to give the other team credit, even though they're playing against an all-time um, great team. You know, uh, Kevin Durant's struggles continue. Now, he did have a good game seven, so I'm not going to understate that because that was definitely uh, a timely game for him to have because they don't win that game even without CP3 if he doesn't have a great game. But besides that, he's been struggling. I mean, really from game four he played bad, game five, six of the last series. And tonight, again, he came out, he was eight for 22, shot barely 35% from, from the field, one for seven from the three. Um he was a plus minus of 17, but again, like I said, if you're Cleveland, you got the one Durant, bad Durant game that you got. Klay Thompson missed most of the first half after JR had that dirty play on his leg, so they had to dig deep into their bench. Now, they got good minutes out of Patrick McCall. They got decent minutes out of Sean Livingston. Uh, Nick L uh, Young didn't hurt you too bad, but again, you did, you you missed uh, – Klay Thompson missed most of, most of the first half. You get the terrible game from Kevin Durant, and you're right there, and you lose this game. You know, Steph Curry, he was 11 of 23 from the field, so he shot close 50%, but he was over 45% from three. He went five for 11. Uh, Klay Thompson finished with 24. And again, Draymond stuffed the stat sheet, man. 13 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists on over two turnovers. So they weren't even turning the ball over last night like they normally do, which was which was good. Their team assist was over 31 assists. So you got some minutes out of McGee last night, which I don't understand why they don't play him more. I think you could play him a little bit more in this series. But, again, Kevin Durant, man, you're going to have to come with it the next game. And if he shows up, it's obvious and plays well, then uh, Golden State is probably going to move on and win this series, obviously. But I don't know what's going on with KD. He looked terribly out of sync. Um... His rhythm didn't look good. He's forcing a lot of shots. And now he's shooting this sweep and go left and then trying to shoot this, I guess, fadeaway jump shot, kind of running jump shot off the glass instead of going to the basket strong and going there looking to finish through contact. Um, but, again, this was an exciting – this was a thrilling game. Um, you know, I was one of those people that was excited to see this series again and I can understand sometimes things can get redundant, but I didn't want to see Boston play in the finals without Kyrie Irving and get, or Gordon Haywood. I know Boston was a great story. The young guys uh, became stars right in front of us, especially Jason Tatum. And to be honest with you, I didn't want to see James Harden, who I know this is a finals podcast, but again, this is really an issue with him not being um, – Clutch, you want to say, are showing up in big games. He played terrible in that game seven. And if you're Houston, you're always going to be left wondering what happens if CP3 plays. But at the at the end of the day, you got great play out of Eric Gordon and James Harden, again, inconsistent um, when it mattered most. A lot of bad turnovers down the stretch. And even in that game, people was complaining about the referee. And I mean, it's a game seven. It is what it is. I'm not big into conspiracy theories with sports. I'm not saying things like that don't exist, even in sports. But as somebody that just watches the game sometimes, I feel like if you're in position to still win, you can't blame the refs. I mean, it was only 
I could think of like maybe once in my career where I felt like a referee's um how bad a referee was, a ref was, or a, a couple refs were really affect the outcome of one of my games. I feel like if you have shots to still win, especially if you're on the road, you know, I saw one guy uh, on Facebook comment about how, you know, the home team seems to get the calls in the NBA. That's not just the NBA, man. That's just, that's just basketball, period. That's one of the things that I don't like either, but it's one of those things that is what it is. And, again, in both of those series, uh, Houston, you had a chance to to make some plays and win. And Cleveland, you definitely had some chances to win. And sometimes that's what it comes down to. Cleveland basically almost played a perfect game until – down the end where mentally uh, J.R. Smith wasn't in it. Uh, George Hill misses the free throw. But when you're playing against an all-time great team and you're already, from a talent perspective, uh, playing against that team, you don't have the same level of talent. You got to make the most of all your opportunities. You know, you got to be able to cash in when it's time to cash in. Um, again, for those of y'all hating on LeBron, man, simply unbelievable. I'm going to say this again, man. Just sit back, watch, and enjoy this greatness, man. What we're seeing right now is unprecedented. I don't care if he loses another finals. You know, it's always amazing to me. I think Jerry West lost 11 or 11 finals, and I want to say he lost, I can't remember, but like 10 in a row before he finally won one chip. And maybe because the times are different, I mean, I, I think that's what it is as far as LeBron being so polarizing and because of social media, we're able to criticize every step along the way. But um, just making it to this many finals in a row is quite an accomplishment. We should sit back and enjoy it. We should applaud it. It's okay to like Jordan. It's okay to like LeBron as well. And truth be told, go back and look at some of them years Mike's won them titles. Every team he played wasn't like the all-time greatest team ever. I mean, in 91 – they beat a Charles Barkley-led Philly team that wasn't that good in five. Um, what else stands out? You know, they had a lot of sweeps in there because they played three-game series. You know, they swept the Bullets. I remember in 92, they swept Miami. Um, Cleveland gave them some go, but in 92 in the finals, they kind of dominated Cleveland. That wasn't a great series like that. Um, it went six games, but it wasn't a great series like that. Um, during the the... The 72 and 10 series, it wasn't like a 72 10. They didn't necessarily beat a lot of great teams on their way to the finals. Um, 97, 98, 98, they of course was pushed by the Pacers. That was a great series, but you know, we like to do revisionist history instead of going back and really looking at it, man. All these great guys, these great teams, whether it's Magic, Larry, Michael, Isaiah, every round wasn't exactly like the most hardest round in the playoffs. So Stop complaining. Sit back and enjoy this greatness that we're getting right now, man. It's shaping up. I think it's going to be a great finals. I don't know who wins game two, to be honest with you, because um, it's starting to look like a trend as far as Kevin Durant's play. I don't know if he shakes it off. If you're LeBron, you didn't exert a lot of energy. You get a couple of days rest before you play on Sunday to come out and try to do it again. And really, if he if he's playing at this level, which he's been doing all playoffs long, you just need Corver to hit a couple threes, J.R. Smith to get his head out his butt. Um, George Hill to manage his foul trouble. If you're Cleveland, you're feeling good going into game two. And you're not just saying that to try to psych yourself out. You really do. So with that being said, game two takes place on Sunday at 7. I want to say 7.30, 7 o'clock. We will tune in. I will be bringing you guys another recap podcast the following day on that Monday. So sit back, enjoy this finals, enjoy game two. Thanks for
Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.